has all the ingredients for a West End hit. There's jealousy, there's family intrigue, there's struggle through adversity, and then there is vindication and reconciliation at the end, a great happily ever after. It's a story that speaks to us all because it's a story that's actually based on the original story, the true myth. Joseph's story is based on Jesus' story. In fact, Joseph's story is like Jesus' story told in advance. Uh, let's catch up a bit on uh, the Genesis story so far. Uh, we saw Abraham and his son Isaac yesterday. Isaac himself had Jacob, and then Jacob had 12 sons, the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. Joseph was one of the 12, Abraham's great-grandson. But Joseph was very clearly the beloved son. Jacob, Joseph's dad, gave him a coat of many colors, which in the Bible has both priestly and royal connotations. So Joseph was a beloved son and a kingly priest. What's more, Joseph acts quite prophetically, not only a king, a priest, but also a prophet. He has these dreams which he then tells his brothers, and they are revelations from God about how his brothers will eventually bow down to him. Uh, when his brothers hear this in Genesis 37 verse 8, they say to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. They hate the idea of Joseph being lifted up, and so they decide to cut him down to size. The brothers sell him into slavery, and they give back to Jacob the coat of many colors, but now it is stained crimson with blood, animal blood actually. But they tell their father that his beloved son has died. Meanwhile, Joseph descends down into Egypt, the land of darkness and slavery. To add to his woes, Joseph's righteousness, far from being rewarded, plunges him further down into the pit. He ends up in an Egyptian prison. Yet the Bible insists he is not suffering for his own sins. The Lord is with Joseph and causes him to prosper. In fact, through the power of the Spirit, explicitly it says, through the power of the Spirit, Joseph is made wise and vindicated. And this happens on the third anniversary of a third day resurrection experience. You can read Genesis chapters 40 and 41 for more. But Joseph is lifted from the pit to the throne to be Pharaoh's right-hand man. And guess how old he is? 30 years old. Remember yesterday's video? I, I hope you're all saying to yourselves, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's totally Jesus. Um, Joseph is a portrait of Jesus given to us in the Old Testament. Tomorrow we're going to see how Joseph's wisdom as ruler brings prosperity to the land. Uh, but for now, let's just note how Joseph treats his brothers. You see, there's a famine throughout the world, and these brothers are forced to travel to Egypt to find food. They all assume that Joseph's dead by now. But they end up in front of Joseph, who is now the most powerful man in Egypt. And there he is, dressed up in all his finery. They don't realize that there is, his bro that there is their brother, who they had left for dead. And now their lives are in Joseph's hands. So how is the beloved son going to treat his sinful brothers? It's amazing. Genesis 45 from verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Make everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. 
Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, what's he going to say? Come close to me. What's he going to say? I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, how's he going to, how's he going to respond to them? And now do not be distressed. Do not be distressed and do not be angry, he says, with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been a famine in the land and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. This is extraordinary. The terrible evil of the brothers has been used by God and turned into a global salvation. As Joseph says later in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, he says to them, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid, he says. I will provide for you and your children. And Joseph reassured them and spoke kindly to them. So Joseph turns out to be worthy of the coat of many colors. He is truly royal, truly priestly, and his brothers now gladly bow before this priest king. You see, now they realize that he was lifted up, not to put them down. He was lifted up in order to save and bless them. Joseph is truly Christ-like, the king priest who is lifted up. And even when he is wickedly cut down, it proves to be the salvation of those who harmed him. Who could not bow then to such a king, such a brother? So today, allow Jesus to reassure you and to speak kindly to you. He says to you, come near to me. You did sell me out, but do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves. God sent me to save you by a great deliverance. How can we not therefore humble ourselves before him, knowing our own guilt? And how can we not bow down to our brother, our humble priest, our saviour king?